Okay, so we're live. Welcome back to the Magic Minds Podcast. I'm Matt Bork. Today is the 24th of December, so our Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas, everybody. Hope you're having a wonderful Christmas and Santa brings you everything that you've asked for and even the little people in your life. Hopefully they get what they want too, the little feckers. You can hear by my voice, I have the man flu, the dreaded man flu. Uh, yeah, I'm close to death. This is the nearest thing I've been to death in all my life. Uh, as my fellow brothers will understand and empathise, the man flu is a serious, serious epidemic. So hopefully I make it through the night and get to Christmas. But I'm not going to complain, you know. Us lads don't like to moan about it. We just get on, roll up our sleeves and get stuck in there. Yeah, that's what's going on. I'm a bit of a man flu. It's the first time I've been sick actually all year. Uh, since I come back from Thailand, I've, I've had a bit of a high temperature the odd time here and there. But this is proper, proper sickness. This is... A&E stuff, this is give away your worldly possessions, man flu. So yeah, I've done all right this year. Uh, I thought taking zinc every day would uh, keep it at bay, but it obviously haven't, hasn't. I maybe need to take any more. Okay, so I've got loads of feedback from the last show, The Emotional Intelligence with Dr. Eva Doherty. Got loads of deadly feedback, you know, people saying, Jesus, it really resonated. I'm having difficulties with, with a family member. I'm having f- difficulty in a relationship and a really uh, hit home some of the points that you were talking about i ask these questions <clears throat> excuse me i ask these questions because they're things that have happened in my life they're things that I, I want to reflect on and that's what the podcast's all about when i interview people like that these like emotional intelligence intelligent it's something that's really important to me and it's something that i love to get my hands around on and have a grasp on and because it really is important in communication in my job in my personal life and that's why i ask all these questions of eva doherty and other people that i interview you know there are mistakes i have made with my emotional intelligence there are mistakes i've made with my communication i wasn't always an effective communicator uh, and i can hold my hands up and say that you know i take responsibility now for my emotional intelligence and my communication and i try to improve that so that means then i can improve my communications and my relationships in work and my personal life so it's really really important there was a little standout moment in the interview with eva doherty when i asked about the toilet seat uh, situation you know, and I rolled the word into one or the two words together, toilet seat, and she didn't understand it. Now, if that had been a couple of years ago, I would have got self-conscious to the fact that she didn't understand me. I would have thought, oh, it's because I talk, I'm from a work-class area, I, I talk different the way they talk. And But that's not, but she just didn't understand what I said. And because I kind of, stu- I said it closely together, it's just the way I pronounce words sometimes. Sometimes I pronounce words a bit arse about face. Well, she was just didn't understand and then I just explained it again and I was just sitting back reflecting after the show thinking wow if that had been a couple of years ago I would have got in on myself I would have been self-doubtful and I would have thought oh I'm you know I just start questioning and criticizing myself but I didn't I just said her again smiled and rolled on and I was really delighted with that you know uh, <clears throat> and they would have been one of my insecurities again they're my insecurities perception is reality uh, but I've changed and I've uh, I've done a lot of work on myself over the years and I've, I've got over stuff like that and I'm, I'm really, really confident, not just with the podcast, but where I work and my general uh, self of sense of self. I'm, I'm quite confident in myself, you know. So yeah, it, it, it was fascinating just to, to have a little check back and a reflection on that. But yeah, it was a, it was a fantastic interview and I was delighted to, to have the opportunity to sit down with, with such a a knowledgeable and experienced person in that field is Dr. Eva Doherty. So I thank you. Thanks a lot, Eva. It was amazing to spend that time with you. Right. 
On the show today, I've got the legend Eric Dowie. He's an 82-year-old bodybuilder. Uh, I travel up to Belfast with Carolyn Harvey from ISA Nutrition because she's from Belfast. Uh, we got to, to sit down and interview Eric Dowie. What an incredible human being. 82 years of age. He'll be 83 coming up to his next competition. He's going to compete in October, I think it is, yeah. Uh, and he's just an incredible human being. Um, to sit down, to share his knowledge you know, we touched on his nutrition, his training, his insight, his his attitude to life, his attitude to sport, people. I'm just blown away. I love actually sitting down with older people to get their experience on life. And he was so generous with his time and his knowledge. It was a lovely interview. I actually, after every interview, I always have this fear that I hope I recorded. I hope I got it. I hope the sound sounds all right. But sorry to say this, from a selfish point of view, after the interview, I didn't really give a rat's. I didn't care because I was just so pleased, delighted, felt so grateful to have sat there and spent that hour with him or two, hour and a half, that if, if it didn't record, at least I got to sit with him. And we got the, he has a book there, and, and it's called his visitor's book, and you get to sign it. I got to sign his book, see his trophies. His gaff was just full of, you know, memorabilia, books and on bodybuilding, training. It's, it was like an encyclopedia for bodybuilding and training. I just couldn't believe it. It was like, Aladdin. It was like I was in Aladdin's cave. I was like a dog with two Mickeys. It was fantastic. It was fantastic. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it. As I say, his attitude to training is no different to any 22, 23, 30-year-old, whatever. He just wants to train, even when he's not meant to train, he's meant to rest. He still wants to train at 83. You kind of forget how old he is when you're sitting with him. He's just, he just looks ageless. He's got amazing skin. Amazing skin. I sound like a feckin' metrosexual. Uh, he's got amazing skin. He's just deadly and he's supple like a leopard. Yeah, so it was an absolute fantastic interview. So hopefully you'll enjoy it and you get something from it. As I say, although he, he's an advocate for bodybuilding, drug-free bodybuilding, by the way, his attitude can be transferred to any kind of sport, anything in life. And then I was just delighted when we finished off. He mentions a book which promotes love, kindness and understanding and a, an appreciation for life, which is uh, Tuesdays with Maury, which I've bought and I've started reading it, which is brilliant. Really, really enjoyed it. I'm enjoying it. Uh, it's well worth uh, getting. So that's it. Have a listen to the podcast. Oh, I meant to say, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about people coming on the show, like Kieran Collins, Shanita Daly, yeah, Eric Dowie. Well, Shanita and Kieran Collins haven't come on the show. I was meant to interview Shanita Daly, but she had a, I think it was a, an exhibition the day before, and I texted her the next morning when we were meant to do the interview, but she didn't get back to me. So I just left her off because I'm sure she's having a difficult time at the moment. Uh, she's a... Uh, part of the suicide or the survivors of sexual abuse and the side by side support group so she was having difficulty around that time um with all that going on so i just left her off i texted her but she didn't get back to me so i left her but i will touch base for again kieran collins he's got stuff going on with the college i'm definitely going to get back in touch with him i've sent him a text to get him to come on the show and he's not got back to me yet but he will He's quite sound like that. He's just busy. This is a busy time of the year for, for IT colleges uh, with exams coming up in January. But Kieran Collins is a legend and he will definitely come on the show. It's just a matter of when. But uh, yeah, I've got some other deadly shows coming on. I've got a guy coming on over Christmas from the Irish Sports of Nutrition 
to talk about uh, weight cutting for boxers and MMA fighters. So that's going to be a, a whopper show. And I have a few other good ones. I'm not going to mention them because the last time I've done that, they didn't turn up out. So I will wait till they're ready and then I will kind of release the information. Oh, also, I definitely do one today. Tatiana Brennan, she's a doctor in psychology. We're going to talk about the complexities of obesity. Uh, try to uh, debunk the myths of, you know, it's exercise, there's calories in versus calories out, all that kind of stuff. You know, there's a psychological element to, to obesity and we want to get to the belly of the beast with that, you know, get rid of the public shaming of, oh, fat, you're lazy, oh, you need to get busy, you need to get motivated, all these shit derogatory terms that people throw out to people that are obese or overweight, you know, there is an underlying psychological difficulty, and we're going to try on air that through Dr. Tatiana Brennan. She's done a lot of work around uh, the complexities of obesity. She's a, as I say, she's a doctor in psychology. So there you have it. Have a listen to the Eric Dowie interview. Let us know what you think. As always, a shout out to my sponsors, uh, Rooney Graphics Media, Noel Royley, for all your graphic design needs. Check those guys out. The show notes will have their details. Also, Carolyn Harvey from OSA Nutrition uh, for all your nutritional needs after Christmas, before Christmas, whether it be weight management, weight loss, nutritional advice, strength training, bodybuilder preparation, whatever, whatever. If you're interested in boxing, any kind of sports, she's your lady. Yeah, so check those guys out, OSA Nutrition and Rooney Graphics. They're my main sponsors. Thanks very much. As always, mind yourself, mind your little self. Uh, when you practice empathy and compassion for yourself you are a nicer individual to the rest of the world hopefully my voice hasn't put you off with my man flu but hopefully i'll survive the christmas be able to keep reading your podcasts okay wherever you are in the world mind your little self and enjoy the show check out eric dowie thanks a lot bye bye okay so we're live welcome back to the magic minds podcast i'm matt bork my special guest today is eric dowie eric how are you doing I'm doing good, Matt. Thank you. I've had, I've had my workout. Um, I've had a good feed. And I'm sitting here relaxed. I'm brilliant, happy. brilliant. Eric Dowie is the oldest bodybuilder in Ireland. He's at a ripe age of 82. 82. I'm absolutely blown away. And we'll get into some of the reasons why I'm blown away. But I've asked Eric to come on the show today to share his uh, story with us. Uh, just after spending five minutes on he's uh, as supple as a leopard he had his foot up on a table that most 21 year olds wouldn't be able to do uh, I struggled to get down into parallel in a squat position but Eric yeah you're a legend of a man thank you very much but I appreciate your comments don't take it for granted um, I do what I do because I enjoy doing it I've been doing it now from way back maybe 1953 as a 17 year old that's when I lifted my first weight um, I was working at a factory in Belfast, James Mackey's Springfield Road in Belfast, and a couple of lads worked there. They knew I was interested in keeping fit and training. Um, I used to do the old deep knee bend, as they called them then. They would call them free squats now. I would do my push-ups, I would do my sit-ups, um, charge atlas stuff, uh, and I enjoyed keeping fit. Any, any type of sport, I was into it, I loved it. First love was football, but we'll get back to that in a wee minute. The, the, these fellas knew that I was interested in training, and uh, they would lend me the magazines, the old health and strength magazines. I would leaf through them, see the photographs. They knew I was mad keen. So Billy Orr, a fellow called Billy Orr, he says, Eric, come down to my house and train with my mate and I. D, D Street, off in Newton Road in Belfast. It was a wee wooden shed. And... Uh, 
the three of us trained in there. They showed me what to do, the good exercises to do, how to do them properly. And people pay a fortune now when they go to the gyms for a personal trainer. I had two personal trainers, two fantastic personal trainers. Made me do everything correctly. And uh, I wasn't allowed to cheat. And I, looking back now, I really appreciate what, what they taught me. But that, that got me hooked. I, after those first couple of workouts, oh, I felt great. And I thought, I think I'll stick with this for life. And I am sticking with it for life. Sure, and I, I must mention, though, and it's very synonymous with bodybuilding, that you're drug-free. You're part of a drug-free organisation. When yeah. people think of bodybuilding, the first thing that springs to mind is, oh, steroids this, steroids that. But you've competed and participate in bodybuilding all your life, drug-free, am I right? I've been drug-free all my life. I have done numerous tests, lie detector tests. I think I counted them last time, I could have 21 lie detector tests, and I've done numerous uh, urine tests as well, and uh, no problem whatsoever, glad to say. What is it, <clears throat> excuse me, what is it about the bodybuilding that attracts you to it? What was it a that got that, that hook for you, you know, where people look for the hook in life to get it. What was it about bodybuilding that, that draw, drew you in? And the the feel-good factor, Matt. I, I, loved, I loved the feeling that you got uh, after you had finished the workout. I loved the challenge of lifting the weights. Um, and I, I had read, read even all those many, many years ago, you'd read about exercise being good for you. And... Uh, I just wanted to exercise, any any form of exercise at all. I loved when I was young, just the run, the fact that you were able to run, and then lads together kicking kicking football. You wanted, football was my big love in life. I played played football from a very young age, and I was involved in athletics as well. Played a bit of ba- a badminton, and uh, this, I loved well, I loved a wee bit of swimming. We swam all the year round. Just exercise, exercise, exercise. And I enjoy going to the gym and lifting weights. I stopped all the other exercises as I got older, but I've always lifted weights. Uh, as time time went on, and was you found, I found it hard when I was working up the country to find a gymnasium to work in. Uh, I sent away to England, and I got my own weights. I still have those weights out in my garage. Um, no matter where I went, I trained. I trained with the weights. Um, learnt as much as I could through reading magazines, speaking to people who knew a lot about weight training, and uh, I'm still learning. I still I go. I go to the gym and I try things out, experiment with exercises, experiment with the sequence of exercises, um, different weights, different rep ranges, just. Whatever, keep I keep it interesting, and I find it difficult to cope. With. When I wake up in the morning, it's meant to be a rest day. I wonder what I'm going to do with myself today. That's and uh, <coughs> you're you're tempted very often to go to the gym, but then you run into the old overtraining syndrome. So content myself with just going for a nice walk around the shore. Very lucky to live in a nice part of the world. Yeah, absolutely, Country it's beautiful. Parks and the shore. Yeah. We're up in Belfast on the show, and I really appreciate you bringing us to your house. Yeah. I'm really uh, thankful of that. What was the f- what year was the first time you uh, competed, and what some of the achievements you've uh, Nine, accumulated? My, I, as I said to you earlier, my first love was football. I played football, played in the Irish Saint for Crusaders as a boy of seventeen. 
Crusaders in the Irish League here. Played with Banger when I was a 20 year old, 1956. Um, played uh, Bonbridge Town. Played in the churches, leagues and whatnot. Played my last game of football. I think I was around about 40 years of age. But my first bodybuilding show. Oh, I trained all through those years. I still trained with wits. And I thought maybe one day I would be uh, have enough courage to do a bodybuilding show. Because if you have not been on the stage before, it's a bit nerve-wracking thinking about getting up on that stage with a wee skimpy pair of trunks on. Yeah, <laughs> budgie smugglers. It, 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 uh, but eventually, eventually plucked up their courage. I think it was 1969 I had my first competition. Um, it was in a working men's club in Bel- Belfast. And uh, I enjoyed it. It was okay, but a bit nerve-wracking. And I left it for a year or two because I was still playing football at the time. And then when I stopped playing football, I started taking the training a wee bit more serious. And uh, I've competed, I think, from 1969. I think I've competed just about every year since then. Wow. Um, Accumulated a few trophies just sitting around us here and I'm blown away by and they're only a small collection I've I've taken pictures of these and I'll put them up on the Instagram and Facebook page if that's okay with you Eric we're sitting around with some of the trophies are just amazing but you were telling me you probably have about 120 different yeah yeah Um, they gather up over the years but it's the trophies are nice to have don't get me wrong it's beautiful to win a trophy lovely to your name being called out tonight's winner is and your name magic the big benefit is the health benefits you get along the way. Um, I'm, I'm convinced uh, that if more if more people, especially as they get older, spent more time thinking about preventing illness and sickness, um, they'd feel much better. I, I, I think I have staved off. I mean, in my opinion, it could, could be people would argue with me and say I was wrong. I think the fact that I've been training for all these years has helped to stave off being sick feeling terrible I've been banging on this drum for the last I don't know many years to tell people male females go out and do weight training it's your it's your health pension yeah. if you don't have money and put into a pension go and lift some weights because that could yeah. be your pension that's your health pension yeah. and, and you're an absolute living advocate for it yeah. I think the the mixture of weight bearing exercise and walking I love I love going to gym I love training with the weights but I love getting away out in the fresh air for a good a good walk I don't. Which, well, something's jumping out at me here, and I don't know if it's the weight training or what it is. But it's your attitude. You've got the same kind of attitude towards your running, football, weight training. You just seem to uh, admit a positive attitude. Sport, sport of all kinds, Matt. I, lo- I love sport of all kinds, and uh, I, what actually I love to see when I go to the gym. Okay, you can see the young, young, young people there. That's no problem. When you when you're young, your testosterone's rampant. You can do this, that, and the other. But as you get older, and there are older people that in the gym, and I have great admiration and respect for them, especially the ones who could be a bit overweight. At least they're doing something to help. A million themselves. percent, great, Jim. Yeah. I like that. And people ask me why, what keeps you going? Where do you get your inspiration, your enthusiasm from? I get it from other people. I see other people doing stuff. And I think to myself, there's no reason why I can't keep on doing that there. And I would encourage people, as you get older, be a bit more active. You don't have to lift big weights. You know, you can lift light weights, but do exercise of some form, and you'll get great benefit from it. You'll feel better, and you'll look better. 
Absolutely. Did you, did you know people lift weights and they train and they fall out of love? Have you ever fell out of love with weight training? And, and if so, did, how did you get back on, on back on the horse? Mm, no, I've never, I've never fallen out of love with weight training. No, no. Um, I think imagine to you that th- those early days after when I picked up a weight for the first time and started to move it, I thought I, I'm falling in love with you and I'm going to love you forever. <laughs> It's like the greatest love story ever told. It is magic. It is just. It is just wonderful. I said, the morning is. It, it's great to wake up in the morning and knowing you're going to go down, have a wee quick bite to eat, and get away to the gym. It's magic. I wish people could see the, the smile on your face when we're talking about weight training. It's times like this. I wish I had a uh, camera interviews. Just sitting here with a smile like a Cheshire cat. I absolutely love it. Can we talk about your training? How has that changed over the years? You know, I mean, would you know that we talk about trends coming in, high reps, low reps? How 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 has that evolved for you over the years? When you're when you're younger and you're training, uh, it's not your macho thing, young young fella. How much how much weight can can I lift? And you do go overboard. You make a lot of mistakes. But as you get older, and you speak to people who know a wee bit about this with the weight training game. Um, you experiment yourself, you realise the good exercises, what you're going to get the most benefit from, which are the old basics, your squats, your deadlifts, your bent over rows, your pressing movements and all that stuff. Uh, instead of training hard, you train smart. Train smart and eat sensibly. That's the way to go. Um, I still experiment, even at this stage stage of life, I still go to the gym and I experiment. Instead of doing just one exercise at a time, I'll do uh, supersets, super I'll do tri-sets, I'll try different stuff and see what benefit I get from them. And you know yourself when you're doing the exercise and the feeling that you have afterwards, whether or not you've done the right thing. Keep You keep... Uh, Keep changing things around. Your body will get accustomed to doing the exact same thing. One workout will do maybe a heavier weight with fewer reps. And then another workout, I'll drop the weight down a bit. I'll do extra reps. you got to keep fooling the body a bit. Mm, okay. You, yeah, have it confused. Your body doesn't know what's coming next. I love it. I love it. You talk about inspirations and, you know, following, you know, the people that you train with. Who are your kind of inspiration heroes? I know we talked earlier about the Iron Guru. But he'd be one of them. Darren Geary, old Vince Garonda. He, I love, I love reading his stuff. He makes you want to train. He wants you to experiment. But in the younger, all those many, many years ago, going to the shows in Belfast, the very first Mr. Olympia, a man called Larry Scott, come over here in 1966. I remember, I, I couldn't believe it. In fact, the crowd who were in the Husband Memorial Hall in Belfast couldn't believe it. When this blonde-haired guy come on from California... You just won the Mr. Olympia, and you didn't, you, you didn't think you would ever see a man built the way this man Larry Scott was built. Uh, it was fantastic to watch him, and then you know, and you thought to yourself, "My goodness, he got that lifting weights. I'm going to keep on lifting weights." Um, I saw Larry Scott, the late Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger was over here as an 18 year old. He come over with another man that the old time bodybuilders remember, Reg Park, uh, a Mr. Universe, a Mr. Britain many times, and he was a good friend of uh, the man who put NABA about bodybuilding. They brought it, he brought it to the fore all those years ago, Ivan Dunbar. 
Ivan was a friend of Ridge Park. Ridge Park come over, and he brought Arnold Schwarzenegger with him. Schwarzenegger with him that first year. Um, the all the big names: Frank Zane, Bill Bill Pearl, John Citrone, just all the Mister Universes. Ivan Dunbar would bring him over here, and I was lucky enough to meet those people face to face. And uh, from time to time, I got the chance of bringing them down to my house here in Bangor, and they got their name in the visitors' book. I can't believe I'm going to get to sign a visitor's book <laughs> in your house, along with the all some of the all-time greats. Yeah. Just, just, What's the idea the, behind that? Why did you Why did you decide to do to have a visitor's book for your house? It's an amazing idea, by well, the way. There had been a few big names here down, and just thought to myself, you go to different places and have a book of names of different people, and I thought, I think I'd start one here. 1984 started having the visitors, the visitors book, and uh, quite a few names. Mr. Britons, Mr. University, there's Olympic gold medalists in there too. People from all walks of life. Carolyn Harvey, ISA nutritionist, signed <laughs> in and all. I have to get an L plug in for me sponsors. <laughs> Carolyn's been doing a bit of amazing work with me. Uh, so what does your training routine actually look like at the moment? What way do you do you break it up? Many days? What do you do? A tr- a, on a five-day cycle, um, first, the first, uh, first workout will be legs. The legs are done on their own. That's when you really make the big effort. The legs, legs and back are the big body parts. So that first workout will be legs. I will devote time, time to legs. My next workout will be uh, chest, shoulders, and triceps. And now they're all small. People think your chest are a big muscle. Your chest's not a big muscle. Your shoulder's not a big muscle. So chest, shoulders, and triceps, your next workout. The third day will be a rest day. The fourth day will be back and biceps. The back's super important, just just like your legs. You do your For your legs, you're doing your squats, concentrating on squats. For your back, your deadlifts, your bent-over rows, um, Pull downs, and then you'll do the biceps to finish up with. Each workout will not last any longer than 45, 50 minutes at the very most. Some workouts I can finish it in 30, 35 minutes, depending on how I feel at the time. Uh, I go with the old adage, Vince Garonda used to quote this many a time, the greatest amount of work in the least possible time. Not telling you to rush through your workout or running, but just take shorter rest periods. Try and squeeze in. If you do a workout in 40 minutes, try and do the same workout the next time you're doing that body part in a shorter period of time. You get more benefit from it. You're making your body work harder. Wow. And, yeah, so you, so you only do two days on, one day rest? I do two days on. But as I say, when my big, big efforts go into training my legs and my back, especially at this stage of life that I'm at now. Your legs and your back. You want to train your legs and your back hard and that sends out shockwaves of the rest of your body, encouraging it to grow as well. And remember, when you're training your back, you're giving your biceps a lot of work. When you're training your chest and your shoulders, you're giving your triceps a lot of work. Yeah. So you don't need to spend as much time in them. I mean, there's this morning, I was at the gym this morning, a couple of young lads in the first place they had to Train their arms, shoulder, or train their triceps and biceps. Waste of time. <laughs> get torn into your legs and get torn into your back. Think about your arms later on. Oh, sure, look, if you don't even train biceps, you're working them and you're doing pull-ups, rows, yeah. you know, they're just trained to your secondary muscle. Yeah. Do you find it, 
recovery how do you recover now after training at your age I'll come home I'll have a good food and I'll maybe have a wee sit down and a nap for about 20 minutes yeah yeah have a wee rest for about 20 minutes and I'll be, I live I live alone so I've a bit of housework to do if some messages to do but it was a nice day I live in a beautiful part of the world and I'll go out for a nice walk do wee things that have to be done the big the problem with a lot of weight trainers the weight training makes you feel good so you're tempted into right I feel great let's do a wee bit more that's when you make the mistake over training you got you got your resting is just as important as your training that's interesting me saying myself and Carla were only texting you the day and Carla was saying geez I just feel like training again and she was only <laughs> training that morning but it's, it's it's significant that you say that we do get that and we have to fight the urge don't we to want to go back in again we have to yeah. it's counterintuitive yeah. I feel like training so I must train it but you're going no rest is the key it's very important and you never learn I mean I'm, I'll follow 82 you think I'd have more sense I'll, I'll, from time to time I'll be going great Oh, magic, the training's going good, my eating's going good, I'm getting the wee walks in, my rest are great. And I'm waking up in the morning, it's meant to be a rest day. No, get away down to the gym. And I go to the gym, and after a couple of weeks, you find you're overtraining, and you'll start getting wee cold, or you'll get a flu. You're breaking your body's resistance down. And uh, you've over you've overtrained. And something I'm forever telling other people, I do it myself. It listens for her own voice. How do you manage your injuries? Are you, have you been prone to injuries or have you stayed injury free or I've been very lucky with injuries um, I warm up properly before I start training and uh, now after I do my workout I do quite a bit of stretching and the foam rollers down the gym I'll get onto the rollers as well and then I go to a fellow called Ian Kidson he's a uh, pressure point sports massage he lives locally here I go to Ian every two weeks and he gives me a good sorting out and uh, keeps me in working order. I appreciate it very much. All good stuff. Excellent. You seem to be doing everything right. Uh, let's talk about nutrition. Uh, what, what what does your nutrition look like? Um, What's your blueprint for success? I and Like everybody else, I enjoy a wee goodie from time to time. Uh, I like a nice cream or I like a bar of chocolate or a nice dark chocolate digestive biscuits but that's a wee treat for me some people <laughs> that's their basic diet <laughs> my, yeah. I, I enjoy my oatmeal in the mornings I'll have eggs some mornings as well I'll have fish chicken the best of red red meat garlic fillet steak loads of potatoes I'll have rice all the vegetables that day. you can eat as many vegetables as you want let me you put in a harm do you the world are good but um, eat sensibly people say people ask me what do you eat I said it's not what you eat it's what you don't eat um, before you go before you're having a meal before you eat it have a wee look at your plate is that going to be good for me or is it not and you're only fooling yourself if you think eating junk is going to do you good mm. do you count macros like as in carbs fats proteins no. do, you, do you don't do that even no. for when you're when you're competing coming up to a competition do you not no I just you know rightly yourself how you feel and how you, how you look you don't need other people to tell you you're looking crap you know rightly yourself you look, <laughs> have a look in the mirror I'm going to have to do something about my diet here no you adjust it you can uh, if you're eating good food good, good <coughs> carbs good good protein plenty of age for your roughage and whatnot. you can adjust it to suit yourself there's no magic formula it's not carved in stone anywhere what you should eat 
It's just avoid sugar. Let's put it like that. Sugar. Sugar is the killer. You reckon? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and notice when, when, you're out, when you're out and about and you see older people especially, and it's very sad to see, they'll be sitting having a wee cup of tea or coffee, a lot of sugar in it, and they'll have wee biscuits or wee buns on their plate. You know, it's because it tastes nice, they want to eat it. Whereas if they were getting a bit of, as we touched on earlier, if you're getting a bit of exercise, it's going to stimulate your appetite and you'll be wanting to eat good food. Okay. So then you have not been drawn into the, you know, the trends over the year, like low-carb, high-carb, high-fat, low-fat, no. paleo, the, the the blue green dye, whatever, whatever, no. whatever. That's not something you got sucked into. No. What's your thoughts on that? I think they're all, I think that they're all fads. You know, I, I read I read about it and just think to myself, making life's too complicated. You know, food you need you need your proper you need your proper amount of protein, good quality protein. You need your good carbs, and you need your your fiber coming from all your vegetables. And you need your fats. People eliminate fats. In fact, I was reading the other day with your brain, and brain, especially as you get older, wants more fat. Your brain thrives on fat. Um, but fat's bad. That's where everyone's screaming. Everybody oh, says your fat's bad. Yeah. No, 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 no. That's it, it's the sugars. The sugars the bad bit. Too, too much sugar is bad. Yeah, very true. But no, I don't. I don't count macros. People, no. All, all that stuff. If you're eating a good, sensible diet, you're not going far wrong. It's it's so simple, but it gets so complicated, isn't it? It's just carbs, fats, and protein, but, you know, they've created smoke and mirrors, you know, the, the, right. the World Health Organization yeah. or the fitness industry. They've, they've created all this bad guy, good guy. But really, what you've done over the last 40 years or whatever your life is just stick to the basics and just eat properly. That's correct. Like everybody else, as I said, I like a wee treat now and again. No problem whatsoever. You can you, you can have a wee treat now and again, not do your butt no harm. In fact, it becomes more enjoyable. But um, I also enjoy the odd Guinness and a wee malt whiskey from time to time. But ah, so that's, like uh, else, I, don't, I don't overdo it. I it's like mother's it. milk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you supplements, man? Do you take supplements at all? I take my vitamin C, vitamin D, my fish oils, creatine, Glutamine, I'm a branch chain amino acids. I take I take a drink to the gym with me containing branch chain amino acids, glutamine and creatine, and I sip my way through that while I'm training. People, some people tell you it's a waste of time. You don't need all that stuff. Well, that's fair enough. I take it anyway, uh, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> this is a you haven't gone wrong so far yeah, so no i drink pl- plenty of water i'm drinking water all the time especially warm water more in the past couple of years i was reading where your your body your body will appreciate it doesn't want cold water slight slightly warm water that's interesting because i i give me dad a bit of stick because he likes warm water and i've just been calling him a princess and a bit precious he goes that my body doesn't react well to it and I say I give over but uh, that's interesting yeah the, the, the body taking in that route, uh, uh, body temperature might be as beneficial body apart people think taking cold water is much more refreshing but it was a reading I do not know you have to if you read, you read something you'll try it apparently your body was using up energy if you drink cold water it has to bring it up to body temperature before it's going to use it. Wow. Is it really at body temperature when you take it, it eliminates that process for your body. That's I don't know. I just say you read stuff, you try it. There you go. 
come here. We're talking supplements. You're a drug-free athlete. And as we said earlier, uh, bodybuilding is synonymous with drug-taking. How have you, have you stayed away from that, that culture in bodybuilding? It's easy for kids and people to get drawn into it. What's your thoughts around that? But I remember all those. I've had, I've had drugs offered to me over the years. I think way back in the 1970s, they come on the scene here first in Northern Ireland. And uh, like, every, like most other bodybuilders, Oh, I was complaining about not being able to put weight on. I wanted to put more weight on. And fellas would, fellas would ring me up, Barry, you want to put a lot of weight on? I've got the stuff for you here. <laughs> but I had, before that, I'd, I'd read about the steroids. Of a friend in America would keep me well informed, Bill, Bill Cunningham. He worked for the Iron Gear, Vince Caronda, that we've already mentioned. Uh, Bill would tell me about the steroids that were on the scene and about the, 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 the health the way it affected your health very very bad uh, people were abusing them um, I'd read about the, the steroids as well and uh, I never thought you know what, I'd never thought that this thing I was told once drugs are for sick people you only take drugs if you're sick and to be honest I was never tempted I'd never thought about taking drugs um, Maybe it was too mean to pay the money for them. I don't know. But I just never took them. And I'm so glad I didn't take them. I don't honestly think I'd be sitting here today if I'd got hooked in drugs all those years ago. Um, I know quite a few people uh, who, who went down the steroid route. And don't get me wrong, taking steroids doesn't make you a bad person. But I was never tempted. And I have seen... People suffer the ill effects of overdosing on the steroids, and I'm so glad it's a route that I did not take. Um, I would advocate. I know a lot of young. There's a lot of young lads out there. Are very tempted. They go to the gymnasium, and after a couple of workouts, they're asking anybody in the know where can I get some steroids? Stay away from them. Stay away from steroids completely. They'll not. Okay, you'll make you bigger. You'll be lifting bigger weights. You're going to get bigger muscles. You're going to have bigger biceps. Yeah, but you're going to play havoc with your health and well-being. Absolutely, and I can understand. I can empathise uh, with people, you know, because there's a, such a huge contrast of a natural bodybuilder, a natural bodybuilder, and a, a somebody that's taking steroids. And I can see the the the, the draw and the attraction to it. You know, yeah. it's it's hard. How do you keep? young lads motivated to go down the route of natural 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 you know when it's so easy just to go down the the dark side isn't it for them it, it, it is it's very tempting for for, for, for young fellas very very because you can get big quick oh yeah yeah but as you get older you realize that the real benefits of training and the, the bodybuilding scene the bodybuilding lifestyle you're winning trophies but the biggest prize that you have is the health and fitness that you've built, that you're carrying about with you. You, ca- you carry your trophy about with you when your body, the, fe- the feel-good factor that you have, that come from your training, your healthy way of life. And as I said before, you don't, you don't live like a monk where you don't ever do anything wrong. You enjoy your wee old treat, your chocolates, your ice cream, your wee Guinness, your wee malt whiskey. No problem whatsoever. But on in the whole... You're living a good, healthy life. Amazing, amazing. What has been your standout achievement in your in your competing competitions in your bodybuilding? What would you say is something that you really look back and go, wow? It was lovely. I had reached the age of 70, in fact. And all, all the years, all through the years, from you were very young, you heard about Mr. Universe, the Mr. Universe. 
and I was invited to go over to the Natural Mr. Universe to represent the BNBF, the British Natural Bodybuilding Federation. I was invited to go over there and compete in the over 70s category and it was a wonderful feeling being over there, getting ready and just before you went onto the stage, you know, it suddenly hit you, it suddenly dawned on you, here I am. <laughs> After all these years, you're appearing on the Mr. Universe stage at the age of 70 and it was a wonderful, wonderful feeling. Okay, only I got second place that day but the very fact that I was on that stage was an achievement in itself. In the following year, with the same federation, we went to the Natural Mr. Olympia in Greece, and I got a first place there. And uh, th- those those two trophies mean mean a lot, because I never ever thought that I would achieve that that level of competition. But um, it's nice, as I said before, Matt. It's nice winning trophies. Beautiful to win the trophies. But there's a couple of other awards which I've got from the BNBF. Um, the, on my 80th birthday, I was asked to be the guest poser over in Newcastle in England at the BNBF Northern Qualifier. Mm. That was a fantastic experience. I mean, 450 people singing happy birthday to you. <coughs> it was a great, great, great feeling. Wow. And then I've had, I've had other plaques awarded to me from the BNBF simply acknowledging what they say is my achievement. Um, they say it's an achievement. I think it's just something that I've enjoyed doing and like a great pleasure from. If other people think it's an achievement, I appreciate that. Um, also, the uh, local association here in NABA, National Amateur Bodybuilding Association, I've been in, I was involved with them for a long time. And uh, the year 2010, I think it was, was in down in Dublin. It's a Mr. Rowland show organized by Paul Byrne. Nice, nice gentleman from Dublin, and Paul called me onto the stage and uh, inducted me into the Naba Ireland Hall of Fame and awarded me a trophy for that. I really appreciated that wow, too. Wow, that's amazing! It is great. The, the trophies you get, you win them. Um, and as somebody said, these the ones that they you are awarded, you you earn them. And uh, I feel very humbled by some of the things that have been been presented with. It seems like you're enamoured by the whole community of it rather than just the trophies. You know, it's the yeah, it's been part it's of nice. such an amazing community. Is the is the culture of drug free bodybuilding is that increasing in Ireland? Do you think is it it's on its way up because it's very as we say it's very easy for kids to drop over into other you know uh, side of it and get into drugs, but hopefully your side is growing. It's, the 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 natural side of bodybuilding has increased rapidly and greatly over the past few years. Amazing. I know there's a federation and their own competitions down in Cork or I think it's Cork every year. Waterford or Cork, I'm not sure which one. But apparently it's quite popular down there. And then we have our own BNBF qualifier here in Belfast every year and I it started in twenty sixteen and uh it's it's growing and the one next year is going to be hopefully the biggest yet. It is going from strength to strength. People, young people, male and female, in fact, not only young people, even the older people, are re- realizing there's somewhere there's a stage for them to compete on if they remain natural and it's being provided. And thank goodness they're taking advantage of that and uh, coming along and enjoying it. And the crowds are growing as well, and the crowds are enjoying it. Fantastic, fantastic. I know you've met Arnie a couple of times. Arnie. Or 
Arnie's been in Northern Ireland on three occasions. Has he been to your house? He's never been to the house. Selfish. I'm, I'm just sorry I didn't have that visitor's book. Yeah, yeah. I had a hot Arnie down here. Uh, you met him a few times, have you? He, each time, 1966 was his first year. He was over as a young lad. Uh, he had competed in the Mr. Universe. He didn't break any delf, but he enjoyed his time. <laughs> he came over with Reg Park. I can imagine Reg Park being a friend of mine. He came over with Reg Park and he enjoyed it being over. He was about 19 at the time. And he enjoyed it so much. Uh, he mentioned to Ivan Dunbar, the NAVA organiser. He says, Ivan, can I come back here next year? And Ivan said to him, more or less off the cuff, I'll pay all your expenses, Arnold, your fare, your hotel bills. If you win the Mr. Universe next year, you can come back. Arnie came back to London, won the Mr. Universe, and back to Belfast again. No way. Ivan Kappa's word. That was 1967 then, and then he was back here in 1971. There was a festival of Belfast, and there was a special bodybuilding show put on to celebrate the, the festival of Belfast. Ivan Dunbar ran a bodybuilding festival, for the want of a better word, in the Park Avenue Hotel in Belfast. You had Arnold Schwarzenegger. Nobody needs to know who Arnold was. Frank Zane, a Mr. Universe. Bill Pearl, a Mr. Universe. Frank's wife, she was a Miss Universe. Bill Pearl's coach was there too, Leo Stern. Oscar Heidenstam, the world president of NABA, was there as well. All together in the Stormont Hotel in Belfast. Um, I think it was as big a gathering of nobility from the bodybuilding world as ever been here. And... The boys from the crowd of us went up from the wee club in Bangor that was going then. Joe Scott Siegel Barbell Club. In fact, I have a photograph, Matt. I'll let you see it before you go. All the boys uh, surrounding Arnold, Frank Zane and Bill Pearl and Oscar. Taken at that show. So that was Arnold's last turn here, 1971. Wow. Did you follow any of the the year of Arnie, you know, or Dorian Yates and all? Did you do you follow those kind of guys as well? Would they be? Yeah, you still, you still, you still keep keep. You don't keep in touch, but you you hear what's happening to them. In fact, recently I have sent away and got from the aforementioned Bill Pearl three volumes of legend, a books called The Legends of the Iron Game. You can have a wee look at them too before you go. The history of bodybuilding dating back a long, long time. People think bodybuilding only started in the 1950s and the 1960s. Bodybuilding goes back hundreds of years. You know, archaeologists have turned up stuff where people were not, okay, they weren't lifting dumbbells and barbells, but stuff that replicated dumbbells and barbells. Really? Yeah, I found them. And you talked earlier, you just mentioned George Atlas. Charles Atlas. Oh, Charles Atlas. He used to do it with a with a, with a, a towel. Did he train with a towel? I read something about it. Maybe I dreamt no, I was having a few drinks. you mentioned Charles Atlas. I'm just sitting behind me. I have the full Charles Atlas course in pristine condition dating back to 1957. So, like, for, for our listeners, I'll just give you a kind of a visual. Uh, it's addressed to a, Brian, this, a gentleman had them himself, and he knew I would appreciate them. A gentleman called Brian McCabe from Donegal Day. So Eric is just at the hand of me. 13 13 envelopes with the Charles Atlas courses in them. Wow, they're like just envelopes. They're like fucking (laughs) relics. They're savage. That's all the, that's his program. That's the full Charles Atlas program. And that's going back many, many, many years. And Charles Atlas. What years? When did you get those? I got them, oh, maybe 12 years ago. But 1957, the postmark on them. 
Jesus. And actually, I get the merger every so often and read through them, and nothing's changed. I was just about to ask that. Has it changed? Nothing, you know, the basics are there. Push, pull. Push and pull. Up our body, Put lower body. Into it. Don't overdo it. And eat clean. So would you be in agreement with uh, trying to failure or stop just before failure? Or what's your thoughts around that? No hard and fast rules. Every now and again, go for a personal best. Even the ego takes over when you... Oh. And the, the old fella in his head. Every, 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 every now and again. I love it. I'll, I'll, see, I'll see how much you can lift today. Uh, I'm in good food. I'm in good mood today. I'll see, see what I can deadlift. See what I can squat. The yeah. ego takes over, but you have to, have to be careful. That's when you can hurt yourself. So when you decide, what is your next? Have you got a competition coming up? My next venture onto stage will be at the British Championships in October in the Echo Arena in Liverpool. In October. In October. Okay. So when do you start preparing for that and what does it look like? I started preparing for that about a month ago. Did you? The training was stepped up. I haven't my eating. I'm just I'm eating. I, I slacken off the old diet. When I come back from the World Championships, which were the first week in November, slackened off. I'm eating a lot of stuff that I wouldn't normally eat. I'll do that into January, and then I'll start to taper down from January. Um, I will still be eating plenty of food, but it will be good food. There will be practically no junk at all. And I'll still be pushing the weights. Um, The Britain finals will be early in October. Around about May time, I'll start thinking seriously about the competition, what has to be done, what has to be concentrated on. And this is part of the fun. It it, it, it gives you, it, make, it makes life just, you know, you're still living for something. You've got to focus, mentally focus, and you have to discipline your body, which is magic, I think. You know, I'm so happy that I'm still able to do that. I'm still looking forward. I started thinking about my next competition about a month ago. So I can get to the gym. I'm training, I'm training, I'm training. Because I can't, I, I, you can't do anything about what the other, what your, what your opposition, um, I use the, the word opposition but, um, loosely because you don't compete against people, you compete with people when you get, when you get to this stage of life. You're all, you're all good friends. But once you get on this stage, you're, you know, you, you, you take every advantage you can get. And, uh, I, you want to look the best that you can on that stage. You want to feel good going onto the stage. Knowing before you step on that that half a minute when you're when the when the guy ahead of you is on doing his routine, before you go onto the stage, you've no wee doubts in your mind. You know you've done everything possible. The look, you're not going to be a world beater. You've enough sense to know you're no fella now, but at least you're doing all right. It you've done everything. To look the best that you can on, on on that stage, and you're waiting for your music to come on. And my my music at the moment is a beautiful singer called Joyce Groban singing "You're Still You," and you've got a minute to do your routine to that music on stage. And during that minute, you build up enough adrenaline to last you for months and months. It's a wonderful experience getting on to a beautiful stage, well lit up, posing. You're the only person on the stage. Six, seven, eight hundred people have paid money to get in there. And you're watching who's on that stage at that particular time. You you feel blessed. That's unbelievable. I, I'm blown away by your, 
your attitude, you, you, you're living in the moment, you, you're looking at your body, the best body this could possibly be. Yeah. Now, we in, in, in this society and culture, not everyone, but me, sometimes I look back and go, oh, I wish I looked like that then. How do you stay away from that attitude of, oh, I used to look brilliant, oh, I was brilliant in my 50s, I was brilliant in my 30s. You're so appreciative how you look now and how you can make that better. That that blows my mind, actually. Yeah, I- I love it. I can, I can, I can still pick up photographs taken way back when I was in my my late forties, maybe early fifties, um, when I was really in, into the bodybuilding. Yeah. You know, when I was really, you know, felt that I could do it. I, I, I could do it. I could go stand on the stage with anybody. But you have enough sense to realize those days are gone. You're not going to look to get again. But you're very appreciative of what you have right now, and it's yeah. amazing. So all I can do now is right. Okay. You've come through your 60s, you've come through your 70s, you're into your 80s now. I want to look the best that I possibly can at the age of 83, which will be on my next competition. Fuck. That's yeah, that's, that's just all I want to do. It's about now. It's about what you can do right now and how you can make yourself better. What am I going to do? No, I mean, your attitude oh, is, yeah, is all yeah. about the now. This is the this is the Eric Dowie that I want to put on stage. It's not the Eric Dowie of... Yeah. 40, 50, 60, it's now. Well, that's what keeps my enthusiasm up. W- waking up in the morning, Matt, knowing I'm going to the gym. There's no point in going to the gym if you, going, if you don't feel like it. I, I feel like going to the gym. I want to go to the gym. And I want to do my my whatever exercises I'm going to do, whatever body part I'm training that day, just to give every rep. I can, When I was young, and even now in the gym, I can see young fellas coming into the gym. Young fellas in their teens, 20s, even in their 30s. It's easy. That's easy. I found it easy then too. My admiration and respect and the self-respect that I have for myself now is knowing that I can go to that gym and force myself, push myself even at this age uh, to do stuff that I found easy in the old, the old days. I love that challenge. I love the challenge. Um, when I <laughs> when when I stop wanting to do that, I get worried. I really lo- I love going to the gym. People keep asking me, "I get fed up going to the gym." But your age, when are you hate when catch- people say when, that, it drives when, me bonkers. When, when are you going to catch yourself on? What do you mean, catch yourself on? Yeah, when are you going to catch yourself? That's on? bullshit. I yeah, love it. I love like- it. I love it. I love the gym. You always feel you always feel better coming out of the gym. You feel good going into the gym. They say that's the You're going to feel better coming have. out than what you. They say you should leave the gym like you want to go back. Yeah. Not like you've had to be put through the ringer. Yeah. The odd time you will push it and you're coming out. Oh, boy, I enjoyed that. That was a good one. I'm going over a wee dose. <laughs> do, I, I wonder, do, I don't know about your gym, do people come over and take advantage of such vast experience and knowledge? Do people come over and try to talk to you a lot or take advantage of that? Not in a good way, I mean, because if you were in my gym, I'd have yeah. the ears burned yeah. off you. People, people will, will ask, no problem whatsoever, um, and there are times you have to be careful, I'll see somebody doing an exercise and I'll know it's wrong and they're liable to hurt themselves, you have to be careful how you oh, yeah, absolutely. excuse me, but would you try doing it this way or that way? And when when you when you sort of explain to them and you show them, oh yes, that's right. I feel I'm getting more benefit from that. That's, that's yeah, that, that does happen. I have I have helped people over the years, um, people who have competed, other competitors, and uh, you get great pleasure out of helping people. But you can only 
tell them, ask them what to, tell them what to do, suggest to them what they should be doing. But they have to do the work. Yeah, absolutely. You know? But it is nice, Matt, as I say, if you have been helping someone and they're going to compete and you go to a competition and you see them on the stage there presenting themselves the way that you want them to, it gives you, you get a certain feeling of satisfaction seeing them doing that, you know. Do you still enjoy practicing your routines or do you change it up? How do you, how do you go about the that? The routine doesn't change all that much. We bits here, here and there. Yeah, there. No, it's just more or less the same routine. There are only so many poses anybody can do on a stage. Yeah. It's, it's a matter of putting them together. And uh, the poses are important, yes. But as Vince Garonda says, it's the transition between poses that's important as well. You've got to flow from one pose to the next. Yeah. That's the part that I've learned in recent years. Before, you just wanted to get up and do your do your stuff and get off the stage again, do your poses. But then when you when you watch people that you respect and admire doing a posing routine, okay, you're never going to have a body like what they have, but you can admire their posing routine. And it's nice for people, after a competition, they'll say, that was a lovely routine you did, Art. Which, that, that's magic to hear that there, because you've put a bit of thought into it. You know, you've seen, you've seen people doing a routine, and you've seen how they move from one pose to the next, and you 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 try and perfect it. And uh, if you work if you work hard at if you work at it hard enough and long enough, you, you'll get it. I love doing a routine now. In the early days, I didn't like going on to the stage doing my posing routine. I felt very intimidated. But I've learned a wee bit about posing, and I just love. I love just as you're walking onto the stage and hearing your music start. You know that's the, that's your music, and you've got a minute to do your bit there. You, I mean, a minute's not a lot a lot of time, no. and you've just squeezed into that minute about nine or ten months of hard work. But it's worth it. What I'm picking up from you and what I'm picking up from Carolyn as she competes in your federation, there's a great sense of camaraderie oh. uh, and helping each other and there's a friendly community. Yeah. I don't know too much about any other federation, but I'm just going to talk about your guys. Uh, is, that, is that correct? I think that, that, that is correct. I think I might have said to you before, you don't compete against people. You compete You compete with them. You can't, you can't do... I can't do anything... Uh, to to change the way who I'd be competing with, what they look like, what way their trainers going, I I can't do anything on how they're going. If you know what I'm trying to say, absolutely. How they're going to appear on stage, I can do nothing to change that. All I can think about is myself, and as I've said, it's not important. I will win, of course, if I look better than him. But what is much more important is that I look the best that I can look. On the day, fantastic! I love that satisfaction. I've seen me finishing third and fourth in a competition, feeling much better than how I looked than what I have. Some competitions where I've won, I just haven't, I just haven't felt good about myself. The judges have thought different, but I didn't feel good about myself. I knew I could have been better. Fantastic! After people listen to this interview, what's the one thing you would like them to take away from it? Have a renewed interest in bodybuilding, the natural bodybuilding form. Don't be afraid to get to a gymnasium. And don't be afraid to find somebody to show you how to do the big exercises properly. You don't need to use big weight. If they're trying to get you to use a big weight, they're not treating you properly. Show you how to do the exercises properly, no matter what age you are. Do the exercises without straining yourself. Try it. If you don't like it, stop doing it. 
but I think you will like it. You'll feel better and you'll get a load of benefit from it. Try it. Fantastic. You know what? I want people to take away from this interview after listening to you. If they've had preconceptions of bodybuilding and they have opinions about it, I want them to take from listening to you your attitude, your application, your passion, your love for whatever they decide to do. Because I think whatever, the way you speak and act and live your life, your your philosophy, that can be transferred to anything, whether that be football, badminton, frisbee. I think transferable skills are there no matter what you do. And you just ooze that kind of stuff. And I hope people can take that from it, you know? Well, people have a misconception about bodybuilding. Um, and I'm sorry to say it, but the steroid side has a lot to answer course, for. Of course, of course, of course, of course. Um, the people, the media especially, if they knew a wee bit more about the natural bodybuilding scene. They would probably appreciate it a bit more. The number of people that I have come across that say to me that their son has got involved in bodybuilding, like one person in particular locally here, their son got involved in bodybuilding and they weren't too sure about it. But after a year, they're so glad he's involved in bodybuilding, the natural bodybuilding scene. What a wonderful lifestyle. And the mother and father of that young fella came to the last BNBF show in Belfast and couldn't believe the enthusiasm and the cop camaraderie that there was and just the fun that people were having, the much they were enjoying it. And what a healthy, healthy lifestyle it was. You know, it's very similar to any disciplines. You know, the structure, there's, you know, there's discipline, there's consistency, there's good behaviours, there's, there's a nice environment. You know, whatever sport you... It can provide you with that. It's magic. Yeah. It's magic. Now, the, the, the uh, prime example is I'm not long back from Miami. Uh, there's a team picked every year after the British Championships to go and represent the BNBF in Miami at the World Championships, which are organised by the DFAC, the Drug Free Athletes Coalition. You, the, you go over there about the Wednesday or Thursday, the competition on the Saturday, and then you stay in Miami for maybe about a week after that, and you just do fun in South Beach. You I've know, seen the pictures. Enjoying the sunshine. Living the dream. <laughs> living the dream. I've seen living, the pictures on Facebook. Living the dream. It's so, it's magic. You're meeting people. The only time you see them is at the competitions, but, and you've a lot in common. You share the same interest. And... Uh, when you see what they ate over there, you wouldn't believe they were bodybuilders. Are you serious? All the, all the junk with the day, get the ice cream and the goodies there. And, ah, yeah, it's good. No, it's magic, magic. Like, I, I just love it. And I would be totally lost. I've often wondered myself if I hadn't I got hooked in bodybuilding. If I hadn't fallen in love with weights, what I would be doing now. I, I, just, I absolutely love I it. I can't, love I, can't, I can't imagine it. I just love it. Yeah, I love it. I love the environment, you know. I just love everything about it. I love that you grow. You grow as a person. You grow muscle, you know. I just yeah. think it's a, it's a beautiful thing to the do. Way you can trans- transform your own body. Um, doesn't happen overnight. No. It's like anything in life is worthwhile. It takes a wee bit of time. Uh, you just curb your eating a wee bit. Um, coming up to a competition when you know, when, I mean, I know when come around about March, April, May time when I'm starting to think about October, some wee things have to drop out of my diet. It's hard for a day or two, but then when you start to notice it a wee bit of difference, you have to pull the belt of your trousers. <laughs> you start, oh, it's worthwhile here again, this is good. And then when you meet other bodybuilders, that just shows the enthusiasm. Um, 
the big, the big driving force of the BNBF uh, are the people at the top. They're magic. The woman herself, the boss lady, Vic, Vicky McCann, her husband, Guy Guy Addison, they're fantastic, fantastic leaders. You know, and the enthusiasm that they have, and they make you feel wanted. I mean, I recall the very first time I went to Scotland to compete. I'd never heard of the BNBF, but back in 2003, uh, another fellow and myself went over to compete in the Scottish qualifier. What the attraction was, it was tested. You did do, you do, do test to prove it, you were not there. And we went over strangers in a foreign land, going over to Edinburgh. And I remember sitting at the bottom of the stairs waiting to go up, to get, to get ready to, to go on stage. And I didn't know anybody. Um, <clears throat> this lady appeared in front of me, introduced herself, Vicky McCann. I recognised the name, Vicky McCann, she was the boss lady. Made me feel totally at home and very welcome, and they were glad that we had made the journey from Northern Ireland over to Scotland to compete in the BNBF. And there was the boss lady, you know, coming down to give you a personal invitation, a personal greeting, and that, that impressed me no end. And everybody after that, made you were made feel so welcome. Vicky McCann herself, she still competes. Uh, a magic, magic example to any male or female uh, about being dedicated to the sport that she loves, and she loves the sport. She's the organised, she's the driving force, she's the captain of the ship. Like, oh, it's like I come up here, you know, to see you, and I'm thinking, 83-year-old bodybuilder, that's impressive. But within minutes, I have forgot about your age, and just look at you, and I know it's thrown out easy, oh, you're an inspiration, but your passion and enthusiasm, it's ageless. Appreciate your comments, Matt. It's honestly... Um, it's because really, I, I do what I love. That's for the I'm living the dream. Living the dream. You you're know, open-minded. You're yeah. inspirational. You, you know, it's a great ambassador for for sport. Never mind bodybuilding. I think Thank it's you. deadly. Thank you. I'm not just trying to blow smoke up your arse. I just but, think it's deadly. It, uh, to be honest, um, I never thought when I, when I when I think a way back to those days of that doing up in my bedroom, doing my push up, my free my free squats. And training that we shed off off in Newton Arch Road in Belfast. I never thought then, as a lad, what, 17, 18, that when I was 82 years old, I'd be getting ready for a bodybuilding competition. Nuts. And I have to pinch myself every now and again. Savage. I appreciate life. I love living. I love people. Um, I don't like animosity. Uh, I think... In fact, now I'll get a wee plug in for a book, but well, encourage anybody to read this called Tuesdays with Maury. I don't know whether you've heard about it or not. No. I'll let you see it before you go. Tuesdays with Maury. Tuesdays with Maury. It's about an old man, a young man, and life's greatest lesson. But an old professor who's dying. He knows he's dying. And he's telling this story to one of his ex-students. Beautiful, beautiful story. Old Maury says... We've got to love one another or we'll all die. Love one another or we'll all perish. That's it. A beautiful, beautiful story. I have read the book. Now, I'm not exaggerating. It's a beautiful, beautiful book. I have read it 12 times. It was made into a film. I've got the DVD. Jack Lemon plays the part of Old Maury. And I have watched it four or five times. Beautiful, beautiful story. It brings it. In fact, after about 12 months, I've got tears in my eyes. I know what's coming next, but it's a beautiful story. It's a sad story, which makes you feel good. And, uh, 
I had it was my youngest daughter who's in Canada now living Leslie. Leslie bought the book for me. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. And I extolled and never I was never done telling Leslie how much I appreciated and loved that book. That same girl went and got the television programs that the real Maury Schwartz had appeared in, the Ted Koppel show in America. And she was able to get for me copies of the original Maury on television in America, the old guy, knowing he was dying, telling you a story. Bringing tears to your eyes. Do you know what? I love, uh, I love that whole area of uh, giving out love, kindness and compassion. And it's amazing that we're, we're just wrapping up the interview with that. And it's deadly. And I'm glad you, you finished on that, you know. Yeah. Love one another or we'll all perish. Love it. Forgive everybody everything. Practice love, kindness and forgiveness and understanding. Yeah. That's my mantra. Eric yeah. Dowie, thanks very much for coming on the podcast. You're an absolute legend and a beautiful human being. Matt, I appreciate you coming up here. And thank you for the opportunity to talk about what I love. Thanks very much. Enjoy the show. Okay, so there wraps up another tremendous interview. As always, I'd like to thank my supports, Noel Royley from Rooney Media. Noel has been in the graphic design business the last 20 years and producing quality work. For the last couple of years, they've been the chief graphic design for the college prospectus at UCD. Um, I've been using his services the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years, producing posters for health and fitness stuff, and always, always produce quality work. So check those guys out. Also, my old pal Carolyn Harvey from ISA Nutrition. For anybody interested in dropping body fat, gaining muscle, maintaining a healthy body weight, getting rid of some nutritional ailments, she's your woman. If you're also interested in competing bodybuilding competition, male or female, I would recommend her. I am currently working with Carolyn Harvey and the success has been phenomenal. I have done a review already and I plan to do more. But if nutrition and strength condition, that area is something that you'd like to get coaching or advice on, I would check it out and the prices are really, really good, really good, better than a lot that's out there. So I recommend you check her out. Also, Miel Crew, Kevin Doyle, sound editing and just producing and just support. Absolutely legend, Kevin. And Miel, mate, Aaron Kyo, social media. Lads, you are brilliant. The team uh, would be lost without you. Okay, so that just leaves me to thank my listeners. Thanks a lot for listening. I will urge you, please, 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 share this with family and friends. We are on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, all the kind of podcast mediums that are out there. We're, we're on them right the way across. We also have a YouTube channel, uh, so check us out on that. Please go on to iTunes. Please subscribe. Please leave a delicious review. We love it. Absolutely love it. So that's all the plugging I'm going to do for this podcast. As always, I will say to you, please show yourself compassion. Please spend some time with love and kindness in your life because if you are kind and loving to yourself you will project that to the rest of the world and if we can all could do that a small percentage of our day the place would be a nice nice place to live right wherever you are in the world mind yourself have a great day bye bye